Now we bring in uh, Professor Steve Hankey. He's a professor of applied economics at Johns Hopkins University, senior fellow at Cato Institute. I have known Steve Hankey since the Gilded Age, I think, in the late 1890s here in New York City. How are you, Steve Hankey? I'm great, Larry. I, I still have fond memories when our offices were almost next door to each other in the Reagan years. <laughs> I know. That's great. All right, Steve, we've covered spending and interest rates and so forth. It is interesting to me, though, a number of people, um, most prominently, by the way, on Wall Street, Ed Hyman. Um, I had uh, Robert Heller. Remember Bob Heller from the Federal Reserve Board, Reagan appointee? Oh, yeah. He's a great, great friend of mine. Right. Brilliant guy. Um, I've gone back to my monetarist roots because – you know, not all cycles are the same, but the money supply has come back into fashion as a key determinant of inflation. Now, I, I know you, you've uh, stuck with it these many years. I mean, I, I follow commodities and interest rate spreads and things of that sort, but it just does seem to me that the money supply, whether it's the balance sheet, which we used to call the monetary base, that's the raw material of money, which is I'm using M2 to make it real simple because it's available. Um, Steve Hankey, you're a big you're a big devotee. I mean, rapid money leads to high inflation. Basically, tell us about it. Okay, Larry. Uh, it, it, Briefly, it, it succinctly, it certainly does. And and kind of as a segue, uh, you know, my good good friend John Cochran. You just had him on. I was listening to him, and. John was only talking about interest rates, mm-hmm. the Fed funds rates, and and it, he's just got it wrong. Uh, it's not about interest rates. It's about the money supply. And if you want a, a good piece on this is something that uh, John Greenwood, the former chief economist at Invesco in London, uh, was at a talk in Tokyo in September of 1969, and, and the talk was given by Milton Friedman, and uh, John transcribed the thing, and we resuscitated it, and I published it on the Johns Hopkins Institute for Applied Economics, Global Held in the Study of Business Enterprises, Studies in Applied Economics series in June of last year, and Milton Friedman explicitly says interest rates are a very poor indicator for the stance of monetary policy. It's only about the money supply. So let's let's talk about this for a minute. It's the quantity theory of money, as you know, and and that's been around for a long time. It's it's had legs for a tremendous long, <laughs> length of time. Uh, it started in the mid-16th century. A Frenchman, uh, John Bodin, was the first one. But all the great ones have used it. I mean, in the 17th and 18th century, Locke and Hume used the quantity theory. Then we had late 19th century Irving Fisher, great American economist. And then the, the 20th century, of course, we had Milton Friedman. And And where are we with Powell and the Fed? Powell and the Fed... 
has indicated we have to unlearn the quantity theory of money. This this was in testimony that Powell gave in February of 2021. He said we have to unlearn that there's an this notion that there's a tight link between the growth in the money supply and inflation. He actually said in a back and forth with Senator Kennedy from Louisiana in that testimony, an astounding thing, and I'm just quoting here, the growth of M2, the money supply, doesn't really have important implications for the economic outlook. I mean, this this is just a fantastic statement. It means that the money supply, the only thing that counts, is not on Paul's dashboard. It was on Paul Volcker's dashboard. Yeah. That's that's why he got things under control. You know what? Let me interrupt for a second. Jay no. Powell last week, last week, said that uh, money supply models went out 40 years ago. 40 exactly. years ago. So, exactly. and by the way, they don't hardly punish, they don't hardly publish the money stuff anymore. I'm just saying, Steve, to, to be concise, we're on radio here. Um, the Fed is not looking at one of the key determinants. You're saying the money supply, M2, the quantity of money, is the principal cause of inflation. Okay. I don't know if you're totally right, but I think you're right. Okay. Whether you're 70% right or right. 90% right. Larry, I'm totally, All right, I'm totally. I know. I forget I'm talking to Steve Hankey, who was always totally right. No, it's good. It's okay. I've known you a long time. You know, Larry, in, in July. But Green look, I was trained. Up. I was trained by uh, Carl Brunner at the University of Rochester. Okay. You, you got you got the right training. So I started as a monetarist. Now, I, I want to raise. Uh, we're going to keep you over after. we we got two minutes here. And if you stay for a few minutes after the break, you come back on. I certainly, I certainly will, Larry. Right. I'm just starting to roll. I know you're going to do three hours. I can't quite do that, but <clears throat> it's okay. I appreciate the spirit. Let, let me slide <laughs> in one thing. Paul, Paul, and the Fed are flying blind yeah. without the money supply. Yeah. And that's they a key have made point. One of the biggest, the biggest errors in the history of the Fed has just been made. There's one word to describe it: incompetence. Yeah, short side. Jim Bullard at St. Louis. Still looks at it. Um, and his guy, Chris Waller, is on the Federal Reserve Board. That was my recommendation for President Trump, and it got through. But here's a point, Steve. I, you don't, it's funny, in a common sense way, you don't have to subscribe to every <clears throat> complex quantity theory of money, MV equals PQ and so forth. You don't, to, to know that the money supply has grown at 40% in the last two years, okay? And the balance sheet, which we used to call the monetary base, has increased by um, five, no, almost $6 trillion. In other words, Steve Hankey, we've never seen anything like this. And that's a reason you can't ignore it. You know what I mean? You know what I'm saying? You don't have to be a scholar. You don't have to be a professor, Steve Hankey, to know that this stuff, which has a history, if you've described it, a Milton Friedman Nobel Prize winning history, et cetera, et cetera, you just can't ignore this because of the size. Of, we've never had anything like this. That's the point I'm making. You, you, you got there. Uh, you and I completely agree on that. Now, Larry, you, you mentioned the important thing that the, the last, uh, Paul said that the last 40 years, this relationship. Hang on to it. 
Steve, hey, look, stay with us. Stay, okay. I'm going to let you unleash on the other side of the break. You're going to have completely unleash, fire all the bombs, save America, kill inflation. Professor Steve Hankey of Johns Hopkins. I'm Larry Kudlow. We will be back after this. Thank you, Steve. Hello, folks. I'm Larry Kudlow. This is the Larry Kudlow Show. Save America, kill inflation is our topic. Our guest is Professor Steve Hankey. He's a professor of applied economics at Johns Hopkins University. He's a senior fellow at Cato Institution. Uh, Steve, thank you for uh, hanging around for five or six more minutes. We appreciate it very much. Um, M2 has grown about 40% in the past two years. And it's actually, it, it's slowed a bit, but it's still growing at 13% for the past 12 months uh, through December. I don't think we have the January numbers, and yet maybe we do. What does that tell you about the future inflation rate? Well, it, it tells you the following thing. There, there's something you can calculate uh, quite easily, actually. Uh, you mentioned the equation of exchange, MV equals PY, Larry, uh, before the break. PQ. PQ. Yeah, well, I use the income form that oh. Milton Friedman used. I, I use a Y instead of a Q. Q. M is money supply, V is velocity, P is the price level, and Y is real economic activity, real GDP. So at any rate, what we have is M2 now is growing actually at 13.1%. And if you use that equation of exchange, a quantity theory of money, plug in the right numbers, solve the equation for the following target for the Fed, 2%. Let's say they wanted to hit 2%. How fast would the money supply have to be growing? It would have to be growing at around 6 6.5%. It's now growing at 13.1%. It's growing even now that it's slowed down, Larry, twice as fast as it should be growing if you wanted to hit 2% target which is their target. So so we, we've got a real problem on our hands. If you look at this 40% uh, percent increase that you mentioned, Larry, about 25% of, of that uh, quantity increase, that huge historic increase that we've had, is drained away through two drains. One, it, it drains out to accommodate real economic activity. Two, it drains out to accommodate increases in the demand for money. So you're left in, in kind of the monetary bathtub with what? You've got a, a volume, a 30% increase that's left after these drains have occurred, and that will eventually go out into inflation. And that takes about 12 to 24 months before that excess money, that 30% of the growth, goes out the overflow valve into inflation. So that's just starting now. This, this is all in the tub already. There's mm -hmm. nothing we can do about it. And we still have the, the faucet is still going about twice as fast as it should. So we will have inflation of 6%, maybe up to 9% this year, next year, into 2024. Mm -hmm. It's already in the tub. It, mm -hmm. It's going to happen now. People say, well, how can you say that, Hanky? Uh, and how, how do you know that this is going to happen? It's the equation of exchange that we went through, that MVPY thing. 
And Greenwood and I, I wrote a piece in the July Wall Street Journal where everyone thought we were we'd, we'd lost it. We said that inflation now, right now, Larry, we predicted in July that inflation would be six percent and maybe as high as nine percent. Yep. We, we and, and we wrote that way back in July. We were, uh, I think, the first ones to start forecasting with an exact number. Well, I picked up on it. I, yeah. I, I'm, I'm telling people. It's funny you say six to nine. I've been saying seven to ten. Uh, let's call it. You know, uh, that's a push. It's essentially the same thing. And the thing yeah. is, you know, Janet Yellen says it's going to be two percent by the end of the year. Uh, the point is, this inflation is going to be uh, continuous. It's going to stay at these levels. Monetary uh, lags are long and variable. You're looking at a couple more years of this. And I don't think anybody gets that. I mean, I don't think anybody in this whole government, Treasury, Fed, White House, you name it, I don't think Wall Street understands that. There's no magic here. Wall Street doesn't understand it at all. The bond market's completely mispriced. I mean, even now, if you look at the the bond market, is even now pricing in end-of-year inflation around 3.5%. Well, it's already 7.5%. I mean, it's amazing, this supply chain thing. Let me make a very important point, I think, Larry. If you read the newspapers, you will find nothing about money supply and inflation. Nothing. You'll talk supply chains, all kinds of ad hoc reasons for why nonsense. we supposedly have inflation. But if you look at some place like Japan, the inflation rate at the end of the year was 0.8%. Switzerland, inflation, 1.5%. China, end of the year inflation, 1.5%. Those three countries all have supply chain problems just like we do, mm. but they have low inflation because they have low monetary growth. They, they're controlling the growth in the money, money supply, and they don't have this big excess. Now, another little thing, you, you're raising well, so many points. Let, let me, let me get much. back to the Jay Paul. We don't have Jay much. Paul. We don't have much time. We don't have much okay. time. But okay, look, fine. let me ask you one thing. Uh, yeah, go ahead. The Fed's got to start draining reserves. They've got to start shrinking their balance sheet. Instead of buying bonds, they have to start selling bonds. Uh, in monetarist terms, they've got to substantially reduce uh, the growth, actually the level of the monetary base. In other words, un- unless and until M2 growth starts coming down significantly, this problem won't be solved. And Steve, uh, I'm watching broad commodity indexes as an indicator. In other words, if they start bending down, and they're not, by the way. In fact, they're picking up steam in the last month or two. But if they, I would use that as a target, price target. In other words, if you, if your model is correct, just in generic terms, I'm not interested in the point estimates, but directionally, you know, a, a, a decline in M2 growth, shrinkage of the monetary base, we should see oil and commodities start to come down. But we're not seeing it. That's the problem. We're not seeing it. Exactly. This this is how you marry supply-side economics, what we used to call supply-side economics and monetary economics. Yeah. Yeah. The supply-side, the, the, the monetary is the cue, and, and the 
And the prices are the P. You have to mind your P's and Q's. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Steve, thank you. That's pretty good for an academic. You know, I think our listeners might have understood part of that. <laughs> but I happen to think you're on the right track. I think Jay Powell has just missed this completely. And I mean, I think we're in tough times. Inflation's going to go continue, may even go higher. Interest rates are going to go higher, market rates. This will not end well. This will not end well, and it'll take a couple of years. Anyway, Steve Hankey, Johns Hopkins, thank you, my friend. Folks, I'm Larry Kudlow. Uh, Save America. Kill inflation.